Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Sorry, dudes. Richard can't find his air horn. <laughs> Creamy. Crunchy. Creamy. Crunchy. Creamy. Crunchy. Crunchy. Food court. Food court. Food court with Richard Blaze. Argue in the food court. Food court with Richard Blaze. Welcome to the Food Court, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Richard Blaze, and I am the host and judge of the Food Court. You bring me your food arguments, and I settle them once and for all. Joining us in the court today, we have two amazing guests that I'm so excited to have them here today with us. One is a chef in New York City who I've known for a long time. Someone who, I guess, well, Crystal wrote this in, but potentially loves molecular gastronomy. <laughs> Maybe even more than me. It's Wiley Dufresne. Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me and my molecular gastronomy self. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, question, uh, question is, like, we don't even like saying that word, do we? Let's be honest. It's written in the script. Even those who dabble in it and dabble in the dark arts don't really like the call. My the foot arts, is in it? a pool of liquid nitrogen as we speak. I'm just one leg in right now. If we, if we were in studio together... The loser would be dropped into a, a vat of liquid nitrogen. That would be like the you know, like the dunk tank. Well, no, I'm, I mean, my understanding is, as the only two sole practitioners of molecular gastronomy left on the planet, we're not allowed to be in the same room in case there's an accident or something. You know, <laughs> Ooh, I we like have that. to keep I we like have that. to keep the dream alive. That's why we are uh, across the world from each other right now. Wiley Dufresne, <laughs> one of my personal heroes. That will not that will not affect how this gets judged because going up against Wiley today is someone that he's argued with before, but today we're actually <laughs> going to record it. Writer, producer extraordinaire, you know you know him behind podcasts like Recipe Club and the Dave Chang Show, it's Chris Yang. Meow, meow, meow. 
There it is. I was wondering if I had to get my own. Yeah. No, you got seven. You got seven little bursts from the air horn, Chris. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us. I know you're just super, super busy. You just moved. You got so much going on professionally. No, it's true. And I'm, I, I love molecular gastronomy as well. I love de- <laughs> deconstructing things. This is great. This is fantastic. I'm a huge, huge, huge practitioner of the molecular gastronomic arts. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. We, we, we can cut all of this, guys. And I can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say. This one is going to be a burner for sure. Wiley, never one to conform to the crowd, has come into the food court today with, I think, the hottest, boldest take that has been on this show in 40-something episodes. But before we get to that, let's chat a little bit. Wiley, listen, you just got back from Iceland. Top three finds in Iceland, a place I've never visited but always have wanted to go. Ooh, I mean, in, not not in order of preference, but I'd say you know, lamb hot dog, super delicious. They have that great hot dog in Iceland, lamb, like lamb with everything. It's great. It's really good. There's a complete lack of hot sauce, so it's quite tasty. Ooh. Geothermal bath. That's pretty fun. I did a, did a geothermal bath. That's pretty awesome. And I mean, the landscape's crazy. I went to two different waterfalls that were just like, like mind blowing, mind blowing. So cool. Are there topless photos of you under a waterfall in Iceland somewhere? Uh, no, these are not. These are like Niagara <laughs> Falls type falls. Not you don't like you're oh, not okay. like dunking your head under the falls. This is like uh, it's pretty spectacular. Hmm. All right, I like it. The geothermal. I just got back. I did that. We did the family trip to Yellowstone. So the geothermal stuff is absolutely insane. And you know. You know. Fun fact: the word geyser comes from Iceland because the very there's a there's a, a geyser and the geyser's name is geyser and. All geysers the world over are called geysers because of this. Because the town of Geyser, Geyser, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Got, have, that was cool to learn. Have you been to Yellowstone? Have you seen Old Faithful? I have. It's awesome. Very cool. Did Did you get the sense that my family's going to be so upset with me? But like, wasn't it a little bit a little bit too much hype for Old Faithful? Don't you think? I mean, it's just kind of cool that like. You know, the earth, the you know, the, the fact that there's like hot magma that's touching water and it's getting. I mean, I think the process is cool. I thought it was pretty neat. I but what no, about I'm, the actual I'm, like what, what? Yeah. So like, Richard, are you saying like the actual sight of some water coming out of a hole was was less than <laughs> you, you expected it to be? I think I, in all fairness, Chris, thank you for uh, sending me down this road. But I, I'd been in yellow. We'd been there for a couple of days. So we'd done so many geothermal things and. And just like the hype, you get to you get to Old Faithful, and you're like, it's it's gonna go off at you know 109 between 109 and 112, and there's hundreds of people. It was Fourth of July week. It was it was just massive. And then I just think like our our culture right now that moves so fast and scrolls so fast through everything, and then it's like ah, some water shoots in the air, and you're like, <laughs> I you mean, know, a couple hundred years ago, I bet that this was the most fantastic thing. It's cool. I mean, it's better than whale watching. I will say that. Like when the whale is like. Four, five, six hundred feet away, and you see a little. You're like, ah, like I couldn't see anything. But the little, like, when you're up against the whale, like you're petting orca. Okay, that's amazing. But like, I think the, I think I, I go with geyser over the whale. Wow, okay, I, that can be yeah. your next food court: geysers versus whales. <laughs> I've I've done I've done both. I, I'd I'd say whale watching, even with this, even with the social distance from not interrupting the whale's natural movements. Which I, I support. Subtle, I support subtle not, dig. Just a subtle dig there. Just I support that. Live and let live. We're, that's how I feel. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, too, with regards to uh, spicy plants. But I'd say, Listen, we're going to keep going sideways here. But you know what I did see at Old Faithful? And I recorded this. I'll send – not that you guys want this, but if anyone who's listening wants to hear it. The coolest thing I saw at Old Faithful 
was a raven. By the way, these ravens that are in Yellowstone, they're like, it's not like a crow. It's like a, it's like a, these are giant birds. Mm -hmm. And I saw a raven grab a piece of pirate's booty from a tourist and then bury it under the ground for later use. No joke. Is that the most, a raven, which they're known to be super, super smart, buried a piece of pirate's booty for later in the day. That's, that's amazing. They are smart because pirate booty is delicious. Yeah, you, you, well, I don't know. You might think it's burying it for later. Maybe it's just saving that tourist from having to eat more pirates. <laughs> Fair enough. What? What? Fair enough. Yeah, man. You understand right. how hard it is to make pirate's booty? No, I don't. Okay. I can't possibly. It's not worth the effort. Why, oh my why God. would it be hard to make that? It's delicious, light and airy, cheesy, perfect. <laughs> Uh, Wiley, walk us through the the the, the wiki know-how on how to make a pirate's booty. Just just generally though, because I mean, now I'm curious. Puff, There's puff, some. I mean, puff snacks. It's probably some sort of extruded thing. A high pressure extrusion causes it to expand. A couple of different starches, and you know, it's it's that stuff's great. That's so cool and hard right, to also, do. Not that hard. What do you mean? It's not like a pirate is like taking a straw and inflating each little piece of booty. <laughs> Like that's, no, there's no that real, hard. there's no pirates involved, Chris. I hate to burst your bubble, <laughs> that there's no pirates making this. It's, it's only I a know, name. But I, coming up with the technology to extrude and then puff, I agree, was difficult. Yeah. Flipping yeah. on the switch each morning to produce 65 million pounds of pirate's booty, not that hard. I'm not into pirate's booty because it's like an artisanal craft, as you are. Well, okay, I, I, uh, apparently we've touched a nerve. I'm sorry. <laughs> I certainly know what I'm getting. My you for grandfather Christmas, was laid off from the Pirates Booty Factory. <laughs> no, just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, your Christmas present is already wrapped. <laughs> I got it. Chris, just so you know, Trader Joe's has a Cachoe Pefe puff snack. It is the original. He's the original Pirates Booty. Hey, yes. what's that? What's uh? What's what's Pepe? Uh, he's he's a, a pirate. <laughs> Pepe, I believe, is a, is a little pepper. Yeah, a little a little he's, spice he's, makes that better. Hmm. Listen, Chris, I know you're busy with so many things, and obviously you have so many strong food opinions. What is one of your top 10 controversial hot takes? Who would have thought a little a little black pepper might make food taste better? Anyway, a uh, controversial yeah, food was... take. People were pissed at me when I said that I think the idea that fruit and cheese are some sort of natural bedfellows is insane to me. I don't. And people are like, what about cheddar and apples? What about it? Ooh. It's disgusting. I think fruit and cheese is gross. That all, it's, but it's not a savory sweet thing. It's specific to fruit and cheese. Got it. No, I like savory sweet. I just think fruit and cheese. <laughs> what are you looking at me? You like, you like cheddar and apples, don't you, Wiley? What's this look you're giving me? Come on, Manchego and Quince Pace? Uh, yeah, cheddar and <laughs> no, apples. Again, people just come back no, at come me on, by like, saying the names of fruits and cheeses together. That's there's not they're not good. Membrio and and, and Manchego, whatever. It's uh, what that's it's not good. Feta it's and fine. watermelon. It's fine. Feta and watermelon is the biggest <laughs> biggest culprit of what I'm talking about. Texturally horrible. Just it's just like so unpleasant to eat that. What and is? I think feta watermelon salads well no you should be goat cheese of course ah. <laughs> i would actually prefer a goat cheese version to a feta version there's something about that, that come on fly back to the greatly. 80s with me uh raspberry vinaigrette and goat cheese on a spinach salad oh, come on chris <laughs> i miss i miss the raspberry like the the artificial raspberry thing though there's raspberry vinaigrette raspberry iced tea was big 
But uh, this no, was I before all before all of our time, I think. But there was the raspberry vinaigrette thing. That's I mean, that was a big. Yeah, that's like that's new velvet. That yeah, right that was there. a modern that's moment. Like, At some point, that was like, whoa, that's a lightning big up deal. the foie gras, foie gras with raspberry vinaigrette, pistachio yeah. crusted goat cheese balls. Yes. <laughs> is watermelon is watermelon the pirate's booty of the fruit world, Chris? No, it's okay. delicious. <laughs> What is he? I love a watermelon. My God, do I love watermelon. I do too. I just crushed some that wasn't even that good and it was still that delicious just when it's hot and it's just drippy. And, oh, I know. So hey, let me ask you both a question I've always wondered. I have two smart food people here. Plugging a watermelon? Do you know, like, plugging? When people say, like, I plug a watermelon, are they just cutting out a little section and checking the insides? Is that the whole idea? Oh, I mean. Not to infuse with like a bottle of vodka. We're not talking about that. Just like plugging it like you no, would. No, just talking about like people talk about like plugging to find the right watermelon. Wiley, wow, do you know what I'm talking about? It's almost like like sushi grade tuna. Yeah. Wow. But then like doesn't that watermelon just go bad once it's been plugged? I guess nobody knows what the answer to this. I, I don't think that you're meant to be walking through, you know, down the aisle with your little tool and like. <laughs> just at the Albertsons taking a chunk out of each one. Taking a core sample out of each watermelon <laughs> and then deciding which one is right. I know. That's what security said to me yesterday, too. Yeah, I think you're better off whacking the cantaloupes and just listening, you know? That's mm. probably a but I But I like the idea of sort of grating fruit like like sashimi. Like, I think there's something there, though. Right? Like, what if I what if I plug it and I'm selling them immediately? I'm like, okay, this is a grade AAA watermelon. Who wants it, right? Here's a B-minus watermelon. This is the bluefin of the watermelon discount. world right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one would be good with cheese. <laughs> You just take a big plug out of it and fill it with feta cheese. Oh, man, it's, we're, exactly. we're having too much fun already, but it's time to get down to business. Wiley, tell the court the case that you brought in today. We are here to discuss the merits or the lack thereof of hot, spicy food. I, I think hot, spicy food has no place. Wow. Wow. I, Insane. That is, I mean, you came in, like, talk about the alternative take here. You got a lot of convincing. No, thanks. Spicy food has no place. Nope. Chris, I'm, I'm assuming, well, I know that you feel differently. Well, earlier you described this as one of the hottest, boldest takes ever on the podcast. I would, I, I would argue this is maybe the mildest, timidest take ever, ever taken on food. Just like spicy food has no place. This like I feel like this is diabolical on Wiley's part because like it's it's like having to argue against math, like I, he he's he's sitting here being like my my take on math is one plus one is seven, and I have to somehow argue with this maniac. It it's it's it it is an opinion for sure, Wiley, and I I don't usually as a judge, <laughs> I want I'm going to turn off yeah. my own personal opinions. You know that this is all about the debate. But I will say you you you're you're coming with one that's gonna be this is gonna be tough to convince me everyone who's listening. I mean I I was gonna say you know it sounds like you're like if you had to pick a like you're like mayonnaise it's like arguing for the Benedict mayonnaise but I know that you love mayonnaise I know that's one of your favorite condiments. It's fine, and you never add sriracha to your mayonnaise. <laughs> no no I don't know because I would prefer to taste the mayonnaise. I mean, where where do we begin? I'm sorry, but no, I don't like things overwhelmingly hot. I find the whole thing to be absurd. Okay, we're going to get into that. Utterly ridiculous. We're going to get into that, Wiley, so hold, hold off your argument there. But before we get into it, just like most courtrooms, in order to decide who presents their case first, we have a trivia round. 
So because you're both recording remotely, so you're gonna have to come up with your own sound effects so that the viewers know who's chiming in. So Chris, what do you, what is your sound effect gonna be for the trivia round? Oh, I like it. Like the old school with a little bit of a negative tinge to the sound, though, right? Like a I just, I, I, yeah, it's just the sound of me throwing up a little bit. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to describe that. So, the electric reverb, it's the, the old school buzzer and for Chris Yang. And no, I don't want that. It's, it's too associated with a okay. negative thing. I'm going to be like, I'm going to do like a, a bird sound. I'm just going to be like, caca. That'll be my oh, such a happy bird. That is a happy yeah. bird. Classic. And you're not going to believe it. Cheery you're Chris. the second person to do the caca recently on the show. And I respect it. I respect it. Damn it. <laughs> just, to, just to try and keep the streak going at 100%. Wiley, what is your sound effect going to be? How about that? This Can is an that? audio medium. No, it's a, pod flashing Wiley, a, light it's a podcast. Wiley, it's a podcast. You can't, oh you can't blink three lights at me. <laughs> okay. Insane, You've been in Iceland for Come too on. long. Well, I'm going to borrow something from Chris. Maybe I'll just say math. I like it. There it is. Oh my god, that's so that hurts so bad to hear you. Math. It's a monotone math. <laughs> math versus a caca. Oh man. All right, here we go. The winner of the trivia round is going to get to decide whether they present their case first or second. Here we go. Question one: In what 1994 movie did two not so bright guys, Harry and Lloyd, dare each other to eat at an atomic? Caca. That is going to be Chris. That's going to be Dumb and Dumber. Wow, Chris did not even wait for the question to be finished, and he is correct. It's Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels, the classic, the classic. Wiley, would you have got that one if I finished? Probably not. Probably not. I, I did not see that film. I was doing that. More of an Adam Sandler? What did they dare, th what did they dare themselves to? They dared each other to eat something spicy. I forget what it was. An atomic pepper. Yes, it was an atomic, an atomic pepper. pepper. Which, where's the atomic pepper on the Scoville scale, producer Crystal? we got to find that out, even though it's a... It's a fictitious pepper, I believe, but we'll figure it out. Okay, here we go. Question two with Chris up, 1-0. When you have a stomach bug, what's the name of the diet recommended that's so bland your upset stomach can handle it? Caca. That's Chris Ying again. That's the brat diet. It is, it is the brat diet. Chris Ying just absolutely dominating the trivia round here. Bananas, rice, apples, sauce, and dry toast. Is that right? Not, not only is it right, but you get extra credit for explaining the acronym right there. Banana, rice, applesauce, and toast. Chris, how do you know that? How do Listen, you know guys, this guy gets a lot of stomach aches. It's <laughs> coming for a man who's got a lot of gastrointestinal issues. Yeah, spends... and I would like to explain that since I don't eat spicy food, I'm unfamiliar with said diet because my... <laughs> Gastrointestinal flora it, is perfect. Well it ain't from spicy food, man. It is from pushing the limits of lactose. It's trying to overcome my intolerance for lactose products. I'm trying to become mm. a better person. Less, you're weak. More tolerant. I'm trying you're to become weak. more tolerant. I love it. Now, lactose. listen, Wiley, that means you're down 2-0 with only one question remaining. But the good thing is, in my court, I get to decide how many points question three is worth, and it's worth seven points. Question three, surprise, it's worth seven Kangaroo points. Court. Wiley, that means if you get this one right, you still win the round. Here we go. Question three with Chris Ying up 2-0. What dish is commonly recognized as the spiciest dish in the world? Diners are often asked to sign a release before eating it. Dish. Hint, it's got dish. ten different types of peppers, including the world's <laughs> hottest pepper that I cannot pronounce on the script. The boots jolokia jolokia. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to vo that one in. It's got. Seven. How about this? Okay. <laughs> How about this one? The genre, the genre of cuisine that does this dish. 
we are talking about what type of food? Commonly known as the spiciest food in the world. I believe that would be molecular gastronomy. <laughs> is it fried? Is it uh, fried mayonnaise? Take he, take he, a he, guess, he, Wiley. Get in there. I want to hear your. I just want to hear your buzzer sound. Matt. <laughs> yes, Wiley. Take a stab. Thai cuisine. The answer is Indian fall. Fall. F P H A A L. Indian fall contains 10 different types of peppers. But what is the other? There's a, what's the more common Indian spicy dish where usually the cook will wear a gas mask? You guys help me out with this one. It's, Ooh, uh, I don't know. I thought it was fall. Oh, that's what maybe, I've seen. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. That sounds unpleasant. Yeah, but have you guys never seen this? It's like, it's very, you know, like. I've never seen this. It's so spicy that the cook wears a gas mask so that they don't inhale all of the fumes. Right. Great idea. <laughs> Great idea. Very clever. All right. Well, question three, no one Dar answers. Darwin Darwinism at its finest. <laughs> no one answers question God, three, which means that not by default, by the merit of going 2-0, Chris Ying, you win the trivia round, which means you get to make the biggest decision of the day, whether or not you want to present your argument first or second. Oh, no. I defer. I defer. I want to hear what, I want to hear what this gentleman has to say about spicy food. All right. Chris Ying, using baseball philosophy, wants to be the home team and bat second. That means Wiley is going to be up first discussing and debating why spicy food is not good. We'll be back right after this break. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
And we are back in the food court today to recap. We have the case of spicy food. Is it bad or is it good? (laughs) (laughs) Just keep it simple, Crystal. I like it. The way this works is that each of you will have three minutes to state your case. During the three minutes, you need to lay out your case and not focus on your opponent's case. You'll have a two-minute rebuttal after the first round. Gentlemen, do we understand the rules of the food court? Understood. Understood. All right, here we go. So, Wiley, Chef Wiley, you are up first. You got three minutes to let us know why non-spicy food. I was going to say bland food, but I feel like that's sort of like not a good thing to say. But why non-spicy food? Nothing like an impartial judge. I am impartial. To be clear, I usually say this, but I will say it one more time. I I am basing the judgment on the debate, not my own personal feelings. To be clear, to set the record straight, to be just upfront, I did have a Popeye spicy chicken sandwich for lunch <laughs> that one of our other guests brought in. But yes. that is just my personal. It is not how I will judge the debate. <laughs> Wiley he's, Dufresne, one of my he's, heroes. He's like up dating first with, one of the witnesses, basically. Yeah, this is this unbelievable. Is I love it's it. Unbelievable. <laughs> you're up first, Wiley. You got three minutes, and your time starts now. I'd like to call for a move for a mistrial. <laughs> I mean, where do I begin? Like. I, we're not even supposed to eat peppers, chilies. It's a it's a evolutionary adaptation. The whole point of spicy peppers was so that the plant could live in peace and that the predators would leave it alone. You're not even supposed to eat the thing. It's there. It's it it's hot by design so that you won't touch it. It's an unpleasant experience. Message received, plants. I'm moving on to honeycomb. Thank you very much. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. But like, it, I mean, it's also like spicy food, right? It started in, in, in North America and moved around the world 500 years ago or so. But, you know, in, in, it's a vestige from the past. It's like an appendix. We don't need it anymore. I mean, we, it, it was there when we didn't have refrigeration. I understand people, the appeal was, you know, food was spoiling and going bad. And potentially even rotten, and and but we had to eat it. We have to consume our food. We have to make sure we can eat. So let's let's mask the bad parts. Let's let's soften the edges a little bit. But but we have refrigeration now. It's it's time to move on. There's it it's it, we don't need that anymore. I mean, if you want to smother your food in something, why don't you smother your food in MSG? Let's focus on delicious. Stop hiding the truth about the heat. You know we don't we don't. With the heat, I mean, we don't we don't need it. Food is delicious. You don't have to hide it. And like this notion about oh, it's I love it. Like it makes me start to sweat. And it's it's I love the endorphins, the endorphin rush. It's great. Uh, let's see how hot we can go. Let's just keep pushing it. The more heat we go, the better. It's I like I'm sweating and I'm and I'm, I'm it's so much fun. And I feel good. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. It makes you sweaty and uncomfortable, right? I mean, it like. That's like, that's like people saying I love to do yoga. That's not fun either. No, no, I'm sorry. It's not true. It's not fun. It's, I mean, you want to rush? You want to rush? Ride the cyclone. You know, I don't need, I don't need flaming hot Cheetos. Okay. That's, that's how I feel about the endorphin part and all that. It's no, no. And then, then you eat it and uh, you know, you don't feel good. Like gastrointestinal stuff, upset stomach. You can get an ulcer from too much. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, countless visits to the bathroom after too much hot food. Everybody's like, oh, what happened? Well, I'm, how you doing? Well, I had, a, I had a lot of hot food last night. I'm spending the day, you know, in, in, the, in the restroom. It's like, no, thanks. If I need a bathroom break, I'll have a latte. You know, I, that's, that's a nice way to get to the restroom, I think. You know, it's a perfectly good, 
good way. Oh, but but you know, you had too much hot food. You had too much hot food. No big deal. Just have some milk. Because nothing's better than a with a bunch of tacos than some milk, right? Like that's that's a great that's a great that's that's delicious. That's what I want. I want I want to wash it all down and like your taste buds get all blown out. Like you have a bunch of hot food and you're in like this crazy zone where if you're still conscious, you're not enjoying yourself. You can't taste anything else for the next several minutes, like or longer. It's there's no there's no joy. I want to taste the food. I want people make delicious food and I want to taste it. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to have this sensation where I just you, you nothing. It's there's nothing like, no, I'm sorry. It's very hot. It's unpleasant. And just this like and there's all this sort of like weird shaming associated like, oh, you don't like hot food. Oh, that like I'm supposed to be embarrassed or ashamed of the fact that I, I that I like hot don't like hot food. I like to taste my food. I like to taste things. Here's a fun fact, trivia fact, okay? The country with the least spiciest food in the world happens to be math. I'll give you the answer. It's Denmark. Denmark has the least spiciest food in the world. And the country with the best restaurant in the world, also from Denmark. Do you think that that's a coincidence? I don't think so. I think it's science. I'm done. Wiley Dufresne with an impassioned first three minutes plus evolutionary. Like really, like like it's it's a plant's defense system. Are we supposed to be eating it at all? Do you want to be in the bathroom all day? Do you enjoy yoga? So many questions that Wiley threw out there. Three minutes, Chris. Now you get to let us know why spicy food rules. Your three minutes starts now. All right. I am not here to defend spiciness as sport. I think that Wiley and I are probably on the same page that I, I'm not out there buying whatever ass blaster sauce that's going to just like ruin my life and my butthole forever. I think that that is a different thing. I'm not here to defend the, the extremists in my camp. I'm here to, to, to say that I think spicy food is remarkable as when in balance. And I think an appreciation of spicy food, not like a crazy devotion to it as a singular thing, but an appreciation of spice and spicy food is a sign of open-mindedness, a mature palate, adventurousness, and um, just overall decency as a human being. Chili peppers are the most used spice and condiment in the world. They, they have been essential to the world economy and trade. Empires have been built on this notion of spice. Our ability to taste spiciness as humans separates us from snails, frogs, and birds. These are the animals that can't taste spice. We are, are I mean, maybe some of us are, are snails and frogs, but I am not a snail or a frog. I think that spiciness, whether or not you are, perp you, like whether or not you're chasing after extreme spiciness or not, spiciness is a tool in, in, the, in the arsenal of somebody making food. You have these, you have a very limited number. We really think about there's a finite number of tastes and sensations that you can experience that you can bring to a diner. It's finite. And spice is a big one, especially what used in conjunction with sweetness or in with numbing, with different temperature variations. Spice is just another tool in your, in your tool bag. Why would you want to get rid of that? On a very basic scientific level, spiciness increases your saliva production and stimulates your appetite. It's actually good for your digestion to be eating spicy food. 
Uh, I think that spiciness generally in a meal is a sign of sophistication. If you go to a Thai banquet, you will see you. Yes, you will have insanely fiery curries, but they are there meant to be eaten a little bit with some some rice. And then you take a cooling bite of an herb over here and then you eat some a little bit of like a relish. It's it's not it's I agree. It's too much to have spiciness when it's just everything is housed in it. But spice practice properly is a super sophisticated thing. I don't think you wear spiciness as a badge of honor or anything like that. But let's also think about mapo tofu, one of my favorite dishes in the world. And one of these things that can get this reputation for being way too spicy, you know, just blow you out of the water. But when you're in Chengdu, when you're in Sichuan eating this, like balances everything with this dish. And I think that spice is essential to it. Wow, I, w- I almost want to. Say, I want to ask Chris. Like, isn't it tr- isn't it true? Like scientifically, that eating spicy food, especially in warmer climates, can like help regulate your own body temperature to sort of get through harsh conditions. Because one of our thing, one of the things that our bodies do to react to spiciness is to start sweating from our foreheads and our chests, and like sweat is there to cool you down. And uh, I know my time is is up here, but uh, no. But I, I love the idea that it's a plant's defense, but it also regulates the human body. And maybe those two arguments sort of have equaled out right there. What a round! What a first round! I also love. Listen, I don't think either of you really separating yourselves from the extremists. Wiley is not saying that non-spicy food is bland. Not at all. He's saying the country with the least amount of spicy food has arguably the best restaurants. Right. Um, and, and Chris saying, no, he's not with the extremists that want to just go buy a can of ass blaster, which I don't know if it's a real thing, but I just wanted to say it myself because <laughs> it's fun to say. And I love a c- economy, the world's global trade coming into the equation after one round. Yeah, I'd like to see the f- I'd like to see those facts. <laughs> I got some good. I got some facts of yours to check, too, my friend. Okay. Listen, well, this, this this court will, of course, fact check all of the polls that have been used. This is okay. a, a well, court with lots of integrity. Spice um, after, is not. Okay. Uh, Wiley, you may you may approach the bench. No, you you can be heard. I just wanted to point out that spice is actually not one of the tastes that Chris kept saying over and over again. It is not one of the tastes. It is not bitter, sweet, salty, sour, or umami. Spice mm. hot is not in there. That is incorrect. Anecdotally, this judge would like to take a moment to tell the court that, you know, a year ago or so, this judge, I had COVID, guys. I had COVID a year ago, and I was one of these people that lost my sense of smell. And as a chef, it was super, super scary. And it was, you know, for, for like 60 days at least until it started to really start coming back. You know what I, what I did not lose? My sense of taste which we all know is barely separated from smell. They, 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 they work so much together. But the only thing that I could really enjoy was super spicy foods. <laughs> it was the only, like, I'd have to get, even for me, like extra spice because it was the only thing that I could register as taste. It's anecdotal. It's not going to make a way into this yeah, judgment. Yeah, this totally seems like a fair fight. This totally <laughs> seems unbiased and totally fair. This is, I, feel, I feel great. I feel so good. <laughs> it, it will. This will be fair. And you know what I love, Wiley? One of the from your first three minutes there, the 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 I don't like spicy food shaming. I think that is an absolute great point. If you like certain foods, you like certain foods. If you don't Who's, like f- fruit and cheese together, you don't like fruit is, and cheese. Only one person on the planet is being shamed for not liking <laughs> spicy food. It's not like he's like standing up for the community of people, <laughs> like the, this underserved community of people who don't like spicy food. It's just him. <laughs> We'll, we'll see how many people comment on that, Chris. But here we go. Time for the two-minute rebuttal. 
So, Wiley, you're going to be up first here. Now you got two minutes to let Chris know why spicy food is horrible, why it's just a, hor- a horrible thing. And your two minutes starts now. I mean, again, I, 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 I call into question some of Chris's arguments. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, spice was the spice trade, the spice route, all of that. The, one of the earliest forms of cultural appropriation was bringing spices around the world, perhaps. But I, I, again, I, I just I think that there are very few people that, that have this so-called mastery of which Chris is referring to, and that the, the contrary is infinitely more more popular and and, and pervasive. Is this, this this idea of just like bah, slice of pizza that that we spent three years trying to figure out how to make for you. Where's the chili flakes? Like, come on. Like, that's, there's no, there's nothing there. Like, what, stay home. I don't need you to come into the place. Like, there's, I, I just, I don't, I think that it's the opposite. People are constantly trying to see how hard they can go. There's, there's, yeah, there are a few people out there maybe that are just tweaking it and fine tuning it. And I did say that the Cacho e Pepe puffs at Trader Joe's are delicious and they're smartly balanced. But, you know, again, Italian food is, is of all the countries, that we're talking about here, Italy is not famous for its laying on of the hot, spicy foods. You know, it's it's a judicious use of, of pepper that's softened by a ton of dairy. But you know, I just I, I find this this notion that that it, it that it, it it defines you and your credibility as a chef, or somehow to to not only consume and eat a, a bunch of stuff, but like how hot can you make it? Mapo tofu is always excruciating. It's always excruciating. You know, I mean, again, I've never been to China. I, 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 so I, 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 I know not of what I speak, perhaps, because I have not had had it done by the Mapo Tofu monk himself, and I, I look forward to trying it. But I just think that there's, there's, I, I disagree that it's that there's with the use of spice is an effort to find balance. It's not. It's an it's an effort to shock and awe. All right, I like it. The the uh, the difference there between black pepper and chili peppers, right? Like really saying that this is not about, you know, just just making things tasty using pepper like black pepper, but like the overuse perhaps of chilies, and that it doesn't have to define you. And also a great note there, Wiley, on for someone who has competed, judged on so many TV shows or whatever, like it becomes a thing where a competitor on this sh- on shows is like, I have to have high spice, high acidity. I have to blow out the judge's palate because I got 15 other dishes that I have to stand out from. And sometimes as someone who's been in that, it's like, oh, I have to stand out from the peach drizzled with olive oil. Let me hit them with some spice and, and high acidity. So good points taken in the rebuttal. Chris, you got two minutes now to let Wiley know why he's absolutely wrong. I know you're going to enjoy it. Your two minutes starts now. I'm going to I'm going to be generous and, and spend a couple of seconds agreeing that anybody who challenges the credibility of a, a chef or whatever because they don't like a certain taste is crazy. Like Wiley is proof that you can have strong opinions and preferences and still be one of the great chefs in the world. I'll grant you that. But I'm going to rebut a bunch of stuff you said earlier. First, this idea that chilies don't want to be eaten because and that's why they're spicy. It's a protection for the plant being delicious has created <laughs> has spread chilies all over the world. Being delicious is what has ensured their survival and spread to the entire planet. That is why they they were spread, and animals did spread them, by the way. Birds were responsible for spreading most chilies. Second, 
you know, you talk about it being a what? vestige of the old world 500 years ago, how we ate, blah, blah, blah. We have refrigeration now. I look at it this way. I think it's a connection to the pre-Columbian uh, Americas because this, the four species of chili we eat today, all chilies are, are derived from the same four species. Those are the four species that Native Americans first cultivated, and we have not improved on what they d- did all those years ago. Next, you were saying, like, nobody likes to feel sweaty and these endorphins, and it's gross, and you feel yucky. Almost everything in life that makes you sweat is good. Exercise, good. Being uncomfortable and nervous in a situation, good for you. Sex, good for you. All of these things are good things for you. Eating spicy food, food, good. You know, Wiley said tacos with milk is a bad, bad idea. That's disgusting. Tacos without spice, also not good. <laughs> like, you can't eat them without, without spiciness. You can get an ulcer or tummy ache from eating too much spice. You can die from eating too much of anything. That's not a defining characteristic of, of chili peppers. And then you wanted to, to cite the great Noma and Rene Redzepi and Danish food as a, uh, an example of where great food thrives without chili peppers. Wiley, if you go to Noma today and you walk through their greenhouse, what is Rene Redzepi growing in his greenhouse? A bunch of chili peppers that he brought back from Mexico because that dude loves spice. So if the greatest chef of the greatest restaurant is cooking with chilies, I don't know. That seems like an argument on my side more than yours. Wow. Well, the only thing that this judge will have to make a note is, you know, we're talking about the greatest chef of, of, of his time. And to me, that's Wiley. So, I mean, I love Renee, but, I mean, I'm just going to get – I mean, again, it's not going to factor into my judgment, but we're, we're talking greatest. <laughs> we're getting into goats. It's true. It's true. It's Wiley Dufresne. Okay. You guys have given me a ton to think about. I'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. 
To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. All right, we are back, and I have made up my mind, I think. But before I give my final verdict, do either of you have a final word you'd like to say to the court? This is your last chance to further convince me or change my mind. Again, you know, I I feel like we had a pretty good run at WD-50 over 13 years, and there was very little use of spice. It was There were a lot of things people criticized us for, a lot, a lot. And at no point did anyone say, I wish the food was spicier. Mic drop. I agree with Wiley that the sort of un, unjudicious, just random housing with with chili flakes, housing with hot sauce onto anything you're eating, how spicy can we make it, is not a good practice. But the argument was spicy food has no place, which I feel like has not been proven here today. There's You haven't even gotten close to the idea that spicy food has no place. Uh, I mean, WD-50 had a, a beautiful and important run with very little spice. Mexican food has had a longer run with a lot of spice. Mexico had a better lease. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so far hasn't, you know. All right. An epic battle here. And I think that this court has made up its mind. It's a tough one. And I'll be honest, the, the verdict is going to come down here. It's, 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 it's going to get pretty technical here. Some of the great arguments that were made during the debate, the evolutionary side of it, that plants you know, were protect themselves to not eat it. And then Chris Ying with a great response that it propagated plant life because by being so delicious that it spread and that's how you get more chilies. You know, maybe it's not spice. Maybe it's MSG, as Wiley said. That, that's the thing that truly makes food delicious. Um, is spice even a flavor? Can you blow out someone's palate and just destroy the flavor of everything with spice? You can. This one really, really, this one was tough. It comes down to, I think, the technicality here. The technicality here. And the technicality is that spice has no place. This court disagrees. This court favors spicy food. Well, not not the extremists. This 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 podcast will not be sponsored by Ass Blaster Three Thousand anytime soon. Nor will we be having some sort of chili spicy cook-off or game to play on the podcast to see if anyone can eat the one chip challenge or whatever it is. But I do think that there's there's some merit for some spice. Wiley, you're right though. It's it it has to be in the hands of a master. I'm certainly not that person. It's okay. You know, I understand. I you know, for the record, I am still a a big fan of Professor Ying, and I am honored to have had a dialogue with him about the subject. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> we've been, Wiley and I, we've had this conversation, this argument uh, off the air many times, and, and I actually, I do, I will say this, I do disagree with Wiley fundamentally on spicy food, but more than, more than my, that disagreement, I appreciate that Wiley exists and Wiley has this opinion and like will not be shamed out of it, will not bow to the extremists. Wiley, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're perhaps defeated, but undeterred. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, 
story. That's going to say that on my gravestone. But thank <laughs> you very much. That's, that's, that's okay. But I do I, think, I, listen, I mean, the chemistry amongst the both of you was pretty amazing. Likewise. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Food Court. I'm Richard Blaze. For more Wiley, you can find him on Instagram at Wiley Dufresne and pick up his cookbook, WD50, The Cookbook, for his recipes. I'm holding on to a signed copy. There's uh, only two it. copies left, so get them while you can. Oh, go get them. Go get them. The reprint's coming soon, I hope. And for more Chris, you can catch him on The Recipe Club and the Dave Chang Show podcast where they're just crushing it. And he's written books like Ivan Ramen, The Mission Chinese Food Cookbook, and You and I Eat the Same. Sitting, what do you think? I know half of you think that I got this wrong. Maybe... Well, maybe in this case, 32% of you <laughs> think that I got this wrong. Uh, but if you're dying to share your opinion, don't hold back. Let me know on Twitter and Instagram at Richard Blazer on the TikTok at Richard Blaze Official. And find the show on Instagram at Food Court Pod to let us know. Food Court is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Bamahi. Food Court was created by Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are Jonathan Dressler, David Wasserman, and Jasmine Blaze. Our theme song is by Jason Neesmith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Super Thanks. fun. Thanks, Chris. You're the best. With Richard Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.